Welcome to Britpop Banter. I'm hey. And you are? Kevin. I forget that bit every time you do the intro. And I am doing the intro today because <laughs> it's my album. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook um, at Britpop Banter. And you can email us at Britpop Banter at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> You can send us ratings and, you know, generally stuff like chit-chat, albums, how you feeling, might reply, might not reply, <laughs> all depends on the day. Um, I, just anyway. found, I just found two flipping Twitter messages, I'm like, ah, where'd they come from? So I've responded to those. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands, mostly Kev's, an artist, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Oh, you say that, but it's Leslie's choice. It's Leslie's choice. So welcome, everyone, to Editors, The Back Room. <sighs> Where this album should stay. Episode 6. <laughs> I actually don't think you believe it. And I think you might want to believe that because you really want to have a crack at me. But that's... You just couldn't lie if your life depended on it, Kev. So you're <laughs> going to have to tell the truth. So We shall see. We shall see. This is going to be an interesting episode, I reckon. It really will. So yeah, last yeah. week... Yeah. We had the music. By the Oof. music. Yep. How do you feel that went? How do you feel about the album? How do you feel about the response? Uh... Look, I think because, you know, what's what's different is now you move to weekly, you forget how quickly time goes between the episodes. <laughs> like, mm. the, the two weeks feels like a lull, like it's too long, and the week just goes, holy crap, we've got a new episode, I've got to do my homework, we've got to do prep, I've got to do this. So got to do your homework. Got to do your homework. Um, what did I think of the episode? I think the episode was, I'm all, I, look, you know what, I'm okay with the episode, I thought it was a good episode, I thought... Uh, the music was a band I'd always wanted to cover, so I'm glad that we did. I stand by what I said. There are some cracking songs on that album. Mm-hmm. There's some not so great. To your point, some of the songs just go on forever. And there was a lot of people who agreed with us. Yeah. There was a lot well, of commentary yeah. about the fact that they agreed that all the songs are two minutes too long. At I least go- two minutes too long. Um, and I stand by that. I listened to the album again just to go, oh, do you know, did I give it, because I did, I really enjoyed it. And I think what triggered me again was I've got friends in the UK who comment and listen to this podcast and they put, they were so excited about the fact that we were covering the music. And I was like, I do have fond memories of that. I remember them liking it. I talked about it on the podcast. Let me give it one more. Yeah. And I completely think the songs are too long. The songs aren't bad. They're just too long. Agree. I totally, 100% agree with you. Look, I'm glad of, uh, I'm glad we covered it. And to your point, I was a bit nervous about it because people tend to like that band, they like that album. And we weren't, and it was a listener choice, you know? So to criticize a, a listener choice is always a hard thing to do. Um, but it's not an album. I've got to be honest, I'm not going to go back to that album again. No, I'm not after that. Nah. I had no. another listen of it, and I remember there are some tracks I would. I do genuinely do love "Take the Long Road and Walk It." I actually do. You'd put, um, you'd put them in a playlist. 
wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd put them in a playlist. You would. You would. Not a music playlist. The music, you just an, another playlist. How many? How many episodes have we been doing remotely now? Is this our third? Third. Man, just they're all. How how are you doing now? How's well? Most importantly, I guess, how's your darts coming along? Oh, I just did a quick game outside, <laughs> and uh, I won. Leslie, you need forty-four. <laughs> no worries. Bye. <laughs> I'll take a double twenty. I'll take a number two, and then another number two. And the reason you do that, I've realised, with darts. Because if you go for the actual number and you hit one either side, you can bust yourself wide open. Right. Smart. I love how you're getting into this. Apparently, there's a there's a home. There's darts is going to continue, but in the, like as in the actual professional tours are going to still happen, but in a home environment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could you how, could be involved. You could be involved. I in could this. get involved. I could get involved. Um. Now, <laughs> I want to share something. Okay. <laughs> I have been downloading random PlayStation games because PlayStation have been really good in giving you a couple of free games. They and have. Part of the PlayStation Network, you get another couple of games. And then I was looking around, and so I downloaded Let's Sing. Let's Sing? Let's Sing. Oh, so it's come like on. Sing Star. No, no. It's like Sing Star. Hmm. One of the songs is Zombie. Oh, no. Congress. Oh no! And you can record it <laughs> because you can p- compare yourself to Dolores. They actually oh. compare you. Oh my god! So just just letting everybody know, I'm going to do that this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> and I might share it. Oh god! So just oh. saying, I did get challenged. Somebody said when I said that my one of my favorite when I did the top ten albums, and I said. The Cranberries, and I said I used to belt that song out as a 14 year old in my bedroom. And somebody said, I'd love to hear that. Your wish may be coming true. <laughs> um, you are you are right about how's how's Wheel of Fortune? We talked about Wheel of Fortune. Oh, we that, need to play this weekend, it's absolutely brilliant. It looked terrible, I gotta be honest. I watched the trailer with my, my parents, and they went, it's f- No, it's fun. Okay, okay, you pick an A, and you're like, Oh. And the clock's ticking, and you're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What's the word? What's the word? What's the word?" Night Rider. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Um. I. Yeah. All right. It's twenty-five. I played it remotely with another friend. It was fun. It's not cheap. It's twenty-five dollars. It's twenty-five dollars for a couple hours entertainment game. And you know what? What else are we spending our money on at the moment? Honestly, I, said, I thought that the other day. I like genuinely. I would spend twenty five. Twenty five dollars would be two beers. One for me, one for you. Oh yeah, that's Done. a good point. Yeah, it's two beers. That makes me feel better about buying that silly game. So I will do that. You would think twice about buying two beers. Well, you might because you're tight, but I don't <laughs> care about buying two beers. I'm quite generous. <laughs> so how's um how's working from home going for you? This is how, how many weeks you work from home now? This is number. This will be coming up number five. Oh, I'm behind you. I'm, I'm yeah, you're behind four. me a week. Yeah, I'm five. I um, um uh, I think I've been, I've been going really well, and then just one one day this week, and I tell you, we talked about it a little bit before I came on air, is that 
Tuesday. So we had four days of, we had Easter weekend, mm-hmm. which, which was pointless. Let's be honest, pointless. Um, we were I loved to... it. I started drinking on Friday and I woke up on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were supposed to be going away this weekend. Obviously, I had to cancel that. So, you know, four days of, of doing odds and sods and all this sort of stuff. It was tough. Anyway, Tuesday, back to normal. I'm excited about work, which is, you know, one thing. And uh, went for my morning run, hurt my leg. So I'm injured now. Oh. So I'm limping about. I'm a bit sore. And then just a couple of things happened through the day. Really small, tiny things that just sort of knocked me for six. It made me really, like, glum. Like, I don't know, just really, like... Mm. Not emotional, but just really down. Next day, fine. No problem at all. Yeah. Right, just back to normal. So I think it's going to be, you know, we're in Australia, we've sort of, ScoMo advised us, it's probably going to be in our four weeks of this, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that much. But, um, you know, another month of this. So it's, it's, it is tough. It is tough. It's tough. And I don't even have it that tough. So I can imagine for others who have kids or, or maybe live by themselves, this is a really tough time for them. Yeah. How are you tracking? Yeah. Um, I actually had a fun Easter because I'm just being, I don't, I'm just trying to make it fun. PlayStation games, silly games, having drinks in the middle of the day, just doing whatever you can to entertain yourself. Yeah. Um, work stuff. Keeping Kilkenny in business, I, I would reckon as well. Yeah, well, I've run out today, so <laughs> I'll be doing a Dan Murphy's Click and Collect tomorrow. Can we get sponsored by Kilkenny? How do we make that happen? We should. Can, I, can we tag them? Tag we them. <laughs> Literally, I feel I've drank about. It's got to be easily forty cans over COVID. It's got to be. It's got to be. There is something so smooth and comforting about Kilkenny that it just takes you away to mm-hmm. a place. And if that doesn't get me free cans from Kilkenny, I do not know what. <laughs> anyway. But. Um, um, working from home, do you know what? I'm really under the pump. The nature of my job, given a situation like this, means I'm always going to be busy. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad because I need it. Because if I was idle and I didn't have things to do or it wasn't busy, the days would drag. You wouldn't have any purpose. Like I need to always have purpose to my days and purpose for things to do. Yeah. And I need to be able to feel like I'm making some form of effort or some form of difference mm. so although i'm working from home i miss the day-to-day contact with people i genuinely do mm. i'm so busy that i think i don't notice the days go by mm-hmm. and i'm kind of um the one thing i have been enjoying is i've had more time to do things that i didn't normally have used to have time for like to get up in the morning to walk out the house and grab a coffee mm. come back sit and have breakfast before starting work mine was always a mad dash in the car get to the office there's a call in the car get out the car blah just always hectic you know jump in the car drive over the harbour bridge stuck in traffic don't get home till seven whereas now i can actually make like proper meals sit outside have dinner yeah yeah. so i'm actually trying to appreciate the things that i couldn't do before that's a good point that's a really good way of looking at it because there are so many things that i couldn't do before there's like I couldn't, you know, spend time at home and have dinners at the table because dinner would be me coming in at 7, 7.30, cooking as fast as I can, 
slapping it on the plate, we eat it, and then you're in bed in like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh, I put something in the slow cooker. We'll set the table outside. You'll have dinner. You'll go back. Like, let's watch an episode of whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I feel like it's that time is my own. Yep. That I yep. didn't have before. Um, which is fine for four weeks, but at the end of this, I'm going to be like that. All I want to do is see all the people that I care about and love and want to have a beer with. And I cannot wait till you and I go to a gig and have a few beers and see each other again. I just cannot oh, wait. Like, I cannot wait. That would be wait. great. That would be Even great. Even doing this, it's so great we catch up, but I actually just miss seeing you face to face. Oh, that's really nice. I miss you too. I genuinely do. It's not the same. I um, just want to be sat across the thing from you and just laugh and have a few watch your face and... while I fiddle in my chair and you get anxious about it and I love it. And <laughs> like, like the whole thing. I miss all of that. Because right now I'm shaking in my chair with a glass of wine and you don't care. I don't care. Cause, cause I, can... I want you to care. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm sort of... There are some little things I really appreciate about working from home. And it's it's the little... Like, you nailed it. It's the little things. I have my little breakfast routine now that I never used to have. Um, there's a there's a, a bit in the, in the middle of the day where, you know, both my, my wife and I are trying to... We're both working from home. So there may be a gap for us to go for a walk together and actually go for a long walk and have a conversation and talk about our days and all this sort of stuff that we never used to get to do until late at night. So... Mm. Yeah, it, it is it is that stuff. So, but to your point, I think it's the, the social side, be, not being able to go out on the weekends or for dinners mm-hmm. or for a drink or to the movies. That that's the. I think the working from home would be fine as long as you could do that stuff. Having both at the same time, that's what's hard. So yeah, if if somebody said to me that was literally your if my life now was my job, working from home, and yeah. I see people on video conference and we've got all this like connectivity but if i had to and i could i had to pop it in the office to see them for an hour to get something over the line if i had to do that every day that would be fine if it meant that my weekends were involved with socializing or or freedom and it's not even about that it's just like i actually genuinely there have been some beautiful days here for autumn i just want to go to the ocean for a swim i know yep it's that stuff Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just like you go oh like long weekend. Oh, why don't we go down to the national park? No, because the whole world will be there, then the police will be there, and you won't be allowed, and it's too far, and you're getting your like the whole thing becomes impossible. Yeah. I just want to get back to the, having the choice. I'm not good when someone takes away my choice, but what I am pleased about is that Australia have done it the way that we have done it because mm. we have obviously we've had deaths, and that's not great, and it's not good at all, but. We have managed to, for some reason, limit it far, far more than countries like the US, the UK, Italy, um, France, etc. So mm. we're in a good spot and we can't complain. And if it means sitting in my house for another four mm. weeks so we save people's lives, then I'll just drink bigger glasses of wine. Um, <laughs> I'll be Speaking fine. of which, that is a pint of wine in a glass with ice cubes. Yeah. Okay. To keep uh, it cool because it's going to be uh, a long podcast. It's a long. Yeah. We can pause and grab some more. You you know that. Um. So look, some good news. Some good news. First of all, let's start with some news around. We made number twenty one in Denmark. We've never yes. Gone to, 
Des- De- Hello Denmark. We've never we've never got to you before, so that's lovely. We did have a challenge, which is an echo in the bunny men from from Andy. Andy, we've decided to push that off until next week, not to not to crush your heart this week. So just kidding. Yeah. We just have we just haven't had the chance to do that. So we will do that next week. And but- I want to take it seriously. Okay. Um, and listen to all the tracks. I just haven't really had the time. Okay. I mean, whether you want me to do that or not, Andy, I'm not sure. But um... you don't because this would be three for three from Andy. If if we don't like this, it's three. Yeah, and that's um, says a lot about Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> but the great news. What was the best news of your week? What was the pinnacle? You ready? And I can't help falling in love with United, Dundee United. And I can't help falling in love with United, Dundee United. That was the best news of me. All right, go. What what happened? So basically the best part of it was, so the, the Scottish League basically had to get everyone to vote whether they were quite happy to end the season now so that we could actually, players could start getting paid, they could get television money, we could all move forward. That would then mean that Dundee United, who are top of the championship, would then go into the Premier League. Um, all of the votes came back. Rangers were playing funny buggers as normal. And then Dundee were the ones at the very end who can't apparently cast their vote. They just said that they didn't. They, 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 they said no first and then they, they said no it. first. The bar, the best of it, if you're not, if you know nothing about Scottish football, which will probably be everyone else but Kevin and I, then essentially Dundee United and Dundee are rivals. So the fact that Dundee were about to vote to allow Dundee United to actually win the championship and get promoted must have been so hard. <laughs> um, and initially they weren't, but then they did, and so that's what's going to happen. The flip side of that vote, though is that if you take... I'm happy because Dundee United have now got promoted. I'm also sad because it's actually affected some teams. And I think I mentioned in the last podcast that, or one of them, is that Scottish football is not necessarily high value, so the teams need all the money they can get. Hmm. Partick Thistle, for example, was two points below the team above them with a game in hand. Ooh! And because of this vote, we'll now get relegated. Oh. And, and you're like, oh, no. Two points for the game in hand. My money's on them. That's harsh. That's harsh. So, do you know what I mean? And you've got to look at their current form. Anyway, I could. Scottish football is not actually handled particularly well. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Dundee United will be in the Premier League next year. And I will buy FIFA. And I can now be the manager of Dundee United for the first time in four years. Four <laughs> long years. I'm so happy for you. Well done. That's oh. uh I can't we get to play each other now. Uh, both in FIFA and real life. So that is um that's, I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm. Right, I got one more thing, right? So I got one more thing that's gonna make your wee day, right? So I'm like okay. I'm like looking at games that we can do remotely and i'm yeah. like you know like trivia quizzes little little games that we can spruce things up i came across an oasis quiz oh now, my god now i have taken 
said quiz. And 25 questions, I got 21 out of 25, right? Didn't cheat. And this is, this is a real quiz by the BBC on by Oasis. Are you ready? Like, Are we doing it now? We're oh doing it now. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. <sighs> how you, how you feel? you feel nervous? Well, I feel nervous because it's I've Friday thrown it on and you. I've got I've a white. Yeah, you. I know. and I could go all good tits up here. If you lose to me, what's this is it? This is it? Well, it's, yeah. Okay. I'm uncomfortable, I'll be honest. <laughs> I can see you're really, like, your face has just got all concentrated. Yeah, yeah I'm going right. to some water. I'm going to put the wine down for a minute. Okay, you ready? Question mm. one. Mm. It's multiple choice. Before Noel Gallagher joined as the fifth member and they adopted the name Oasis, the band by the way, went by the moniker of A, the rain, B, the lightning, C, the storm. Rain. Oh, no. No, that's 100% right. No, I didn't hear you. Which one did you say? The rain. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. The rain is correct. Well done. Yeah, I know. God. The name Oasis was actually inspired by A, a bottled soft drink, a leisure center in Swindon, or a high street clothing retailer. Oh, no. Oh. It's, it's not the shop. So it's not the shop. It's not the shop. No. Which means it's a soft drink or the leisure center. I do know this. Hold on. Because they weren't from fucking swimming. Oh, excuse me. Not oh, like, it's just a, uh... <laughs> You're working this out. Yeah. Why is their name? The name Oasis was actually inspired by A, the soft drink, B, the leisure center in Swindon. Leisure Centre in Swindon, I remember now. Correct. Whoa. Two for two. Oasis played their first gig on the 18th of August 1991 in Manchester, but what was the venue? The Ritz, the Boardwalk Club, or the Bridgewater Hall? Their first gig? First gig. Played their first gig on 18th of August 1991. What was the question? <laughs> Oasis played their first No, I mean game. the answers. Oh, sorry. I think it's the Boardwalk Club, but read them out again. Okay, the Ritz, the Boardwalk Club, or the Bridgewater Hall? Oh, it's definitely Boardwalk Club. It is correct. Well done. <sighs> this is horrible. Right, go. <laughs> so it, was a, so it, it closed in 1999. After, oh. a, a, after a year of touring, Oasis caught the eye of which music executive? David Massey, Alan McGee, or Seymour Stain? <laughs> <laughs> remember alan mcgee because i said things about him in the other podcasts so <laughs> offensive yeah mcgee uh okay so mcgee signed them to creation records in 93 okay in 1994 they released their debut album definitely maybe but what mm -hmm. was the first track released in the uk supersonic shaker maker or rock and roll star mm. just give me a little that's all right you take your time 1994, Supersonic, Shaker Maker, or Rock and Roll Star? You know when you know it, but I'm scared because it's like, is it too, is it too obvious? Mm. 
Read them again. Supersonic, Shaker Maker, Rock and Roll Star. I'm absolutely 100% convinced it's Supersonic. Why am I doubting myself? I know this. Leslie, you've chosen Supersonic. I haven't. You have, it's correct. Oi! Why am I doubting myself? It's because I'm nervous. Don't doubt, don't doubt. Don't doubt, because I know these things, Supersonic. In April, you, so just so you know, you're five for five, all right? So confidence, Ooh. confidence high. Deep sigh. In, a, in April 1995, Oasis banked their first UK number one single with which song? Oh my God, I know this as well. Now, it, wait, some might say, do you know what I mean? Or slide away. It was... Some might say... Do you know what I mean? Some might say, why am I doubt myself? Because Roll With It didn't, and it didn't release. Just shut up. Some might say. Okay. Spot on. Some might say. Six to six, Les. Don't doubt yourself. You're doing well. The Battle of Britpop gripped the nation as Oasis and Blur released singles on the same day. What was it? In in 95. Uh, What was the name of Oasis' single? Don't look back in anger. Roll with it or live for it. Roll with it. Seven for seven. How many people applied for tickets to the legendary back-to-back concerts at Nipworth? Oh. Half a million, one million, or two and a half million? How many people applied for tickets? Half a million, one million, or two and a half million? For Nipworth? Yeah, how many people applied? I Not how many people sorry. went, because... how many people applied? So if there was... Two and a half million. Is correct. Well done. That's a ton. That's half of Scotland. Yep, you are. Eight for eight. On fire leg. I think I started to drop questions about now. Okay. Right? The second album, What's the Story, went on to become one of the biggest selling albums of all time. But Mm -hmm. how many copies has it shifted as of August 2019? 2.2 sorry, 2.2 million, 4.3 million, or 6.8 million. So how many copies is what's the story shifted as of August last year? 2.2, 4.3, 6.8. I mean, this is a punt. This is a guess. And is that like in the world or is that in the UK or is that where? Doesn't, doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really say, Les, to be honest. Because that would um ah, it's gotta be a it's gotta be a Tell bit. me the numbers again. Two point two, four point three, six point eight. I hope everyone is enjoying this plane at home. I don't <laughs> So what's the story? August four point three is correct. It sold two hundred and sixty eight thousand in the first week alone. Can you make it for ten out of ten? Liam pulled out of an episode of MTV Unplugged at the Royal Festival Hall mm-hmm. in 1996. What did he do instead? He stayed at the hotel room to watch it on TV. He watched the performance by from a balcony and heckled Noel. That one. He, he's correct. Well done. Oasis were famed for the quality of their songs as B-sides, one of which went on to become the theme tune for which popular TV comedy? Gavin and Stacey, The Office, or The Royal Royal Family. family. Is a oh, so it's half the world away. Half a well world done. away. What a great show they're all family. I never liked it. Never liked it. Found what? it really. Nah, I didn't get it. 
Um, I was I was more sketch humor at that time. Paul Bonehead Arthur's announced his shock departure in 1999, but how did he earn the nickname of Bonehead? It was in reference to his no holds no holds barred personality. It was in reference to his thinning hair, or it was a reference to the fact he'd never self censor. It was because he was bald. That's what I correct. Yeah. He was bald from a young age. Yeah. When Creation, this is a good one. When Creation Records folded in 1999, Oasis formed their own record label called Big Brother Recordings, SBK Records, or Heavenly. First one, Big Brother Recordings. Oh, I thought you'd stumble on that one. You got it right. Fourth album, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, features a song written by Liam Gallagher. What is it called? Little John, Little James, or Little Noel? Oh, come on. <laughs> It's really shit. <laughs> Little James. Yeah, no, should not let that get on. Uh, you're 15 for 15. Oofed. Jim Archer. Would you ever jo- tell me that I'm not an Oasis fan again? Here we go, though. Jim Archer joined Oasis in November oh. of 1999 following Bonehead's departure. But what was the name of Archer's first band? Do you know this off the top of your head? Because the clues are ridiculous. Tell me. High Flying Birds, BDI, or The Edge? His the first edge. band. Yeah, there is. Ridiculous. So he went. He went, basically went from The Edge into Heavy Stereo, which is where Oasis had heard of him because they were on the same label. Just having a Robert snack. Allen. This is exhausting. Hold on. You can't. You're having a snack? I'm having a nut. Thank you. Getting some protein nuts. Drummer Alan White, who joined Oasis in 1995, left the band in 2005. Who was he replaced mm-hmm. by? Zach Starkey, Stephen Morris, or Neil Peart? Shit. Drummer <clears throat> Alan White. Who was he replaced by? Zach Starkey, Stephen Morris, Neil Peart. Peart, Peart, P-E-A-R-T. I got this one right. No, I know that Zach Starkey did, but was it after Alan White? No. Tony McCarroll. And was Alan. Was it Zach Starkey? Let's find out, Leslie. Let's find out. It was the son of the Ringo star. So yeah. uh, although he was never officially a member of the band, he did go on to play Glastonbury with the band. You took a massive... That was a big one. That was a... Like, I, I lost you from the camera. In 2005, Oasis... I an almond. Okay. In 2005, Oasis embarked on a massive world tour. It was the most dates the band had clocked up since their Definitely Maybe days. But how many shows did they headline? 109, 113, or 126? In what year? 2005. You're not going to. This is a pun. You can't. You're not going to. Oh, no. I'm thinking, but just I'm trying to be logical. So, 2005 world tour. Mm -hmm. Tell me the number again. 109. 113 or 126. That's a lot of shows. That's massive, actually. 109. Is incorrect. The answer was 113 shows, 26 countries, 3.2 million people saw them play. Oasis had to cancel the fest- their appearance at B-Festival in 2009, but what did Noel say in a statement about the cancellation that led to Liam trying to sue him? 
Noel said the gig Whoa. was cancelled due to Liam having a hangover. Noel said he had given Liam no other choice but to leave the band. Or Noel said he was going to drop his rights to their music following an argument. So why would Liam so sue Noel? Hangover? Or the fact that he told him he had to leave the band? Or he was going to drop his rights to their music? Where's your, where's your heart? Where's, where, 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 where's your gut? Where are you feeling? It's going to be stupid. Yeah, keep going. So what was it again? Hangover. No. Or that he's given no Liam no other choice but to leave the band. Or has he given Liam no other choice but to leave the band? Or... Um, Noel said he was going to drop his rights to the music following our argument. That one. Last one? Yeah. Is incorrect. It was because Noel said the gig had to be cancelled because Liam had a hangover. The show was actually pulled because Liam had laryngitis. So he filed a lawsuit against Noel for the hangover remark. I mean, seriously. (sighs) Okay. Tension reached boiling point between the brothers when a fight broke out backstage at a Paris festival. But what was the fruit that Liam reportedly threw at Noel during the argument? Was it a pineapple, a plum, or a peach? Mm. Yeah, guess. I got this wrong. Hmm. Plum. Is correct. In 2010, Liam picked up a Brit Award on behalf of Oasis for Best Brit Album of the Last 30 Years. But what did he throw into the crowd following his acceptance speech? Was it a microphone? Was it a Brit Award? Or was it a pint glass? You never know where they are. You never know. You never know. I bet it's the award. You are... Incorrect, it was a microphone. But he did give the award to a fan in the crowd. He didn't actually take it home with them. All right, what was the name of the Oasis documentary that was released in 2016? Was it Oasis Supersonic, Liam Gallagher, As It Was, or Live Forever, The Rise and Fall of Oasis? 2016, Lyle. Supersonic. Is correct. Bring me gin and tonic. How many number one singles have Oasis had? Eight, ten, or fifteen? Num- how many number one singles have Oasis had? In the eight, UK? Yep. Eight, ten, or fifteen in the UK. So eight. Ten or fifteen. Okay, just give me a second. Are you writing them down? Yeah, as in eight, ten, and fifteen, because then I've got to try and figure it out. Just give me a second. <sighs> Everybody hold. Eight. Is correct. Well done. Some might say, don't look back in anger. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. All around yep. the world. Go let it out. The Hindu Times, Lila and the importance of being idle. Which is not a good song. Here we go. Last couple of questions. Oasis hold two Guinness two Guinness World Records, but what are they for? Longest top 
top 10 UK chart run by a group and most successful act between the, in the UK between the years 95 and 2005. Longest top 10 UK chart run by a group and band to have broken up the most between the years 1995 and 2005. Or the longest top 10 UK chart run by a group and the most in-demand gig in British history. So the most it's successful... All, it's all the same. It's longest top 10 UK chart run. That's all the same. And then it is, are they the most successful act in the UK between the years 95 and 2005? That one? 100%. Correct. Correct. That one. Here we go. This is close. This is and really That's why when close. people argue with me that Oasis are shit, I want to kick them in the nuts. Following the demise of Oasis, Noel and Liam have both continued to enjoy music, <sighs> successful music careers. Before going solo, what was the name of Liam's short-lived post-Oasis band? Beardy Sly, Beardy Eye, Beardy Man. Is that a joke? Is that a joke? <laughs> BDI. Here we go. Last question. Noel Gallagher launched his High Flying Birds band. One of the group became infamous for, for playing which instruments? Was it the scissors, the pencil sharpener, or a saw? Oh, oh do you not know this? Oh, no. She's Tell no me again. She's no longer in the band. Meanwhile, Noel Gallagher launched his High Flying Birds band. One of the group became infamous for playing which instrument? Was it the scissors, the pencil sharpener, or a saw? It was scissors. It was the scissors. scissors. Charlotte Morinure was caught playing the scissors when Noel's band appeared on Later in 2017. She later left the group in 2019, citing personal reasons. However, Liam mocked the scissor playing by suggesting he'd have someone sharpening pencils at his gig. 25, so that was the last question, which gives you ah, 22 out of 25. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. Um, it's, you're going to live forever. Amazing effort. You seriously know your stuff. How do you feel about that? I feel that was actually very nerve-wracking because I felt like you just literally put my reputation on the line. <laughs> Without any warning, and I'm already uh, two glasses of white wine in. So you did well, very well, and you beat me. So two things: one, you showed that you knew Oasis, and the second of all, you beat me. Um, so well done. Uh, anything else you want to get into? Yeah, well done. Round of applause. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into song of the week? I want. I love this song of the week. So do like, I. I just. I love it. Like genuinely love it. It is good. It is good. So. Sing the jingle. Song of the week, song of the week, song of the week. Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so song of the week, Jack Fletcher band with the song Carousel. Indie rock four-piece for Wolverhampton are what can only be described as real with their stripped-back guitar music, Midlands twang, and their live-for-the-moment attitude. With their unique and timeless compositions, youthful spirit and optimistic outlook, the Jack Fletcher Band are a group that will stand the test of time. They're a band that not only defines the present, but a band that embodies the culture and guts of those that came before them and will continue to do so for years to come. This is literally, I mean, this this just got released, and I think you're absolutely spot on. This is a cracking song. Oh, amazing. The Jack Fletcher Band with Carousel.
listened wow. to it again today and I was like, it's a cracker. It's a cracker. Do song. yourself a favour. Go and listen to that song. <laughs> Honestly, I just, yeah. I've had that one about five times today. Top band. Well done, great, guys. Great work. Great work. Les says. Oh, no. Uh, can we pause while I go get another beer? Do you want more wine? I'm okay just now. I might just wait till after Les says thank you. All right, let's all right, let's get through Les says and then I can nip for another okay. beer. All right, so let's let's go. Who are we yeah. doing? Corner shop. England is the garden. Okay. And sea fret, most of us are strangers. Okay. So you um commended me on my bravery for Picking corner shop, <laughs> which I appreciated. <laughs> Will that bravery have been worth it, or was my bravery just sheer foolhardiness? <laughs> We're about to find out. <sighs> so, corner shop, England is a garden. Reviews. Oh, we're starting with corner shop. Here oh, we we're go. Going straight in. Reviews, enemy, three out of five. If England is a garden, it's no dappled paradise. It's a tiny rotting patch infested with an aggressive native knotweed run by gardeners uprooting any surviving plant life to sell off cheap and an increasingly hostile and expensive border litigation with the neighbours. But at least England has pleasant corners like Corner Shop, renowned in the 90s and beyond for Fat Boy Slim's big beat brush off of Brimful of Asha, masterfully marrying British Asian culture with Riot Girl and indie pop and having Morrissey's number some decades before the rest of us. At heart, though, Corner Shop remain DIY until they die. After all, any outside producer would have faded out the nice but overlong indie pop tracks highly amplified, or the cash money before they spent two minutes outstaying their welcomes. Speaking of which, England is a Garden ends on a nine-minute jig called The Holy Name. Its crowd chatter, repetitive pop chant, and talking of curling multitudes give it the feel of a finger symbol uh, procession along Oxford Street. It's a fitting finale. Corner Shop's cult is one you've either already signed over your seventh born to or will watch pass you by with a f- with fascinated amusement. <laughs> I know which one I am. <laughs> um, uncut, four out of five. <sighs> when Tachinder Singh's father told him, there will come a day when they want to chuck you out, these words had a profound bearing on the person he would become. I've always lived with that in my background. This has made the group political, he said in a recent interview, before adding, it's always nice to have something other than love to write about. While England is a Garden is no means corner shop's Brexit album, the band have addressed issues of race, immigration and multiculturalism since they first appeared at the start of the 90s. It was written and recorded while the mad fog of Brexit descended, and now that a divided UK has formally left the UK, the EU, the band's rather glorious seventh album does carry a certain weight, a poignancy perhaps not immediately apparent in the freewheeling rock and roll being liberally doled out here. 
Throughout the record, Singh sings of combat and confrontation, of cultures clashing and historical battles. On the sugar-coated velvet romp everywhere that Bog army roam, we learn that policemen follow them, follow them wherever they go. Singh has used has long used wog in his material, but in this current climate, the word feels especially charged. The album closes with a nine-minute devotional jam called The Holy Name, where Singh and a school choir sing of nothing to lose but all to gain. As an agreeable cacophony built bubbles up, there's a tremendous note to end on. Corner Shop are back, better than ever, and now there's ever every reason to pay attention. Interesting words. Interesting <laughs> words. <laughs> Kevin, I'm yeah. going to hand this over to you first. Thanks, Your Leslie. thoughts on Corner Shop? All right, let's start with Corner Shop. All right, so first of all, one, for you to pick this, well done. I commended you last week. I commend you again for picking Corner Shop because I know your feelings on them. I don't mind Corner Shop. Um, mm. You know, when I was born for the seventh time, I actually genuinely think that is a a solid album. I quite enjoy that album. So I was really, and this part two of that is I was really excited to listen to this album. Same as you, you just read out uh, a three out of five and a four out of five review. I had saw a couple of reviews around this being really positive. And so, you know, one, I was excited to, to hear your thoughts on this and maybe we could, we could turn you around on your piece of corner shop Two, uh, you know, I, I, I was excited to hear from them, to be honest. Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, I'll go into the disclaimer, right? Which is I, which which is I appreciate the effort oh, and talent and sacrifice <laughs> to create these albums. I feel bad. This isn't a Coldplay like Coldplay. I just went, nah, forget it. But and and the part of that is because they're Coldplay. This I genuinely really wanted to like. Um, you know, I really wanted to love this album because it would really, for two parts, one, it would make you go, Kev, I'm wrong about Corner Shop, right? And then the second thing is I really want, you know, this to do well. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> um, and I don't like, I don't, like, I'm not that type of guy that, that wants to do that, but it's just, you're look, not. look, I, I just, there's a couple of things I don't like. So first of all, look, there are some positives, right? Um, Slingshot is okay. I don't like the vocal effects, but it's okay. No rock save and roll is okay. Um, England is a garden. The instrumental, which is a minute and a half, is a beautiful piece of music, right? It's a nice little interlude. It's lovely. But what it's about Morning Ben? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think I even have that written. Oh, it, morning, it mor- morning Ben, brackets, pointless interlude. Yeah, there we go. Is what I've put. England is a garden, best song, brackets, best song on the album. It's an interlude. No singing is lovely. One uncareful lady owner is okay. So a couple of things that really irritate me about this, this album, which I, I don't like saying. St. Marie Over Cannon, which is the intro, the drums on that track, where every second... St. Marie Under Cannon. That's okay. I don't have a problem. That's all I, get. That's all I hear. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with that song. Every second loop, there is a really tinny drum loop that just, it's the whole way through this track and it just drives me absolutely batshit. Um, 
Everywhere that Woke Army roams, the chorus is, is terrible. The morning bend, the interlude is just pointless. The Holy Name, which is the last track, oh my God. nine minutes long. And I remember what you said about Stairway to Heaven. And we were bagging out the music about being too long. This, it's, it's, just, it's just not good. So there's a couple of problems. I dislike the production on this album. The levels are all over the place on this. There's some things that are too loud, so quiet. The vocal effects, there's vocoders used. It's just, it's the pointless interludes as well. Musically, it's it's not great. So look, I'm really, I, I, I don't, I, I hate, I just I just didn't like it at all. Yeah. And I, I really wanted it to do well. And I'm sorry, I just, look, if it stars and it's one, out, if it's out of five, it's a one out of five, which makes it's two out of 10. Oh wow! It's not it's as bad as worse Coldplay. than me. Oh, um, so I'm not a corner shot fan at the best times. I will give them credit for the lyrics. I do agree with some of the um, reviews. And before I'd even read them, I did think it was there were some quite poignant lyrics around racism. I could imagine it was around Brexit. You know, we've, I think, Corner Shop have discussed before that they have always had that, um, you know, that, like, Asian influence, so that British-Asian culture mix, yeah. which I commend them for. I actually think that's great. I do like the use of the sitar. I do actually enjoy that part of the album. So I commend not, them for that. Not when Kulashi could use it. No, because neither none of them are Asian. They're just absolute try-hard morons. <laughs> They're rich little white boys who came from very rich families who thought they would try and be cool and smoke a spliff outside. I mean, we're totally cultural, man. Listen to us. Losers. They're those people. <laughs> I mean, his name's Crispin. It's all got Oh, to come be. on. Don't pick on his name. Keep going. Anyway, these people are, like, these people, Corner Shop, are actually 50% British Asian. That I applaud. And they've obviously just released this album. Um... The first track, so when I put it on, I was like that. <laughs> like, I genuinely did gasp and brace myself for what I was about to do. And the first track, I didn't mind it. It was kind of catchy. And I thought, do you know what? Maybe this isn't going to be too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wrong. Um, that was kind of okay. Um, one of the worst songs I think I've heard all year is Highly Amplified. It is so bad. I can't remember it. Like, it's so shit. Like, I can't even, I just can't even. Um, It's just, I'm not a Corner Shop fan, even at their height, even when apparently they were good. I didn't like them. Mm. And now they're not even that good. And I definitely don't like them. I don't, I I really do understand the class of the, the clash, no, it's not even a clash. It's actually the combination of cultures in the songs is kind of nice. But there are some just, Random jingly noises for nobody. I don't even know why I do it. A door shuts or some crappy noise, and you're just like, "What was that?" It's not enjoyable. We spoke about this with Hillary Woods. Music can challenge you, and it can do this, and it can do that. I don't enjoy it. It just annoys me. There's just all these jangly noises. It's annoying. There's no coherence to it. I don't know what you're talking about. Your lyrics sometimes make sense, then they don't. Then the songs are too long, and then it's just this jingle jangle of noise for six minutes. I don't need that in my life, thank you. I've got Spotify. I've got every album under the sun. Why would I listen to that? I'm never going to. 
three out of ten. You gave it three. I think yes, because I, I gave it a point for effort, point for lyrics, and then was a, and then a point for the first song. This is my that's my. Yeah, I didn't give any points for effort, and I think I I actually deducted points away because I'm so disappointed because I really really wanted you. To... You wanted to love this, and you wanted I... to shove it in my face, yeah, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. I did. And that's okay. I, I wanted to say you were wrong. Yep. This is a great band, yep. great album, yep. and this. And I'm sitting there on my. Like, I don't. I don't think I can do this. I just don't. Nope. Yeah. Oh, well. So sorry, uh, not for me. Uh, what's okay. the next album then? Seafret, most of us are strangers. So Seafret are a duo who formed in 2011. They are Jack Sedman and Harry Draper. They actually met at an open mic night near their hometown of Bridlington, oh. and they actually impressed each other with their performances so quickly decided to work together as musicians um the name of the band is referenced because they both live next to the coast and it references the mist that rolls in from the north sea during the summer oh. um and also fret from a guitar fretboard oh. apparently so that's kind of nice because honestly guitar frets and the ocean or the sea are two of my favorite things so maybe <laughs> that's why i kind of like it they have released two albums. Their first album, 2016, by the name of Tell, Tell Me It's Real, got to number 59 in the UK charts. This is their second album, um, but they've also released four EPs um, by Give Me Something, Oceans, Acoustic Sessions, and Monsters. Got so, it. reviews. Indie is not a genre. Three mm-hmm. and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. It's been four years since Jack and Harry released their debut album, Tell Me It's Real. And after those four and ten years of touring, writing, touring, and more writing, Seafret have returned with a tender, fulfilling Somaphore record that will change your perception of the Bridlington duo. After the unanticipated success of their hit Oceans, they were hailed as the next Codelink. Well, that's no compliment because they're crap. Heading a new wave of nostalgic... I wrote that, not the review. (laughs) Um, Heading a new wave of nostalgic indie pop, making its way into more mainstream spotlight. Thanks to streaming services changing the way we consume music with bands like Oh Wonder and Ballpark Music making their way up the charts. Mag- Magnetic gives off strong Imagine Dragon vibes from the vocals to production and the overall delivery of the track, which sounds exhilarating, giving the track the most radio potential out of the whole record. But also coming across as the only moment of the album that feels a little forced rather than the usual sound. The boys make up for it with the following track, um, Wish Girl I Wish I Didn't Know, quickly mm-hmm. stepping back to the band roots with a soft, thoughtful, almost speaking vocals on the verses and comforting harmonies on the chorus, enforcing the intention of the album very well. Overall, it's a strong second project from a promising new act, pioneering a new subgenre of indie pop that is beginning to become more gradually popular. Was that just to, to which song did they call out by being Imagine Dragons? Was it Monsters or Magnetic? Magnetic. Yep. She's so magnetic. <laughs> She's so magnetic. I mean, I love yep. that. Anyway, um, <laughs> second review talk about pop music. Well, Jack and Harry, they didn't give it an, a rating, which is really annoying. But anyway, well. Jack and Harry have finally delivered what a superb collection of new and already well-established tunes for us to become familiar with and learn. They have matured greatly in the four years since their opening collection, 
although the style of music content is so often just the same. It would be foolhardy to describe most of us as strangers as simply a follow-on from Tell Me It's Real, but the standard and quality are more refined and toned with this new collection. It's a pop, a solid pop indie record, well-produced and well-written, great lyrics and great hooks, catchy numbers. It's enjoyable listening for sure, however, I've heard it all before, which mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's hardly original. Great tracks are Most of Us Are Strangers, Be My Queen, Fall, Magnetic Girl I Wish Do, Can't Look Away, and Monsters. Not a bad effort. Okay. So, I'm going to jump in here. Go on. So that last review, for me... Um, I guess in some way kind of sums it up for me. So for me, it's um, it's all of those things, right? It's well produced, mm-hmm. it's well written, it's mm-hmm. a solid pop record. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard this all before, though, right? And this is the thing: there is nothing in this album that's it's not new, it's not outstanding, it's mm-hmm. not. It's not challenging. It's not one of those, oh, it's beautifully musically, but I found it hard to listen to. This is such an easy record to listen to from track one to track whatever. It just flows. It flows. They can sing. They can certainly play their instruments. Their songs are, at, they can be at their best, poignant, at their worst, cheesy. Like, 100%. I mean, Magnetic is cheesy, but you tell me that you can't dance to that or get that out of your head. Mm-hmm. Like you're a liar, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. che- the song is you're so magnetic. I mean, it's hellish for that reason, but it sticks in your brain and it always makes me smile when it comes on. Um, I have heard it. All. I it's a tough one because none of it is different. None of it's a, 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 it's not one of these albums we talk about in our homework where we say, you know, go out and listen to it. You've never heard anything like this, or it's challenging, and let us know what you think. You will have heard a record like this a hundred times. A hundred times. But I will completely defy you if you don't like it. It's hard not to like. You're not going to love it. It's never going to be in your top 10 albums of your life. It's never going to be in your top even 50 albums of your life. What it's going to be is going to be a solid pop record that you pop on when you just want to hear some good tunes decent songwriting with some poignant moments and nice tracks and you don't find it challenging and it's just a it's a good solid record and for that I will listen to it again for sure um I love most of us are strangers I actually best song on the album for me um be my queen is great falls great can't look away is great girl I wish didn't know magnetic isn't actually great but you kind of just love it. Weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's a seven and a half out of ten. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really... Okay, good. I... Let me read my comments, right? So um, you mentioned this, that we were going to record this uh, and, and do, uh, let's say, around Seafret. And I was trying to remember where I knew that name from. So there is a listener who we both know, and I'll, I'll leave them nameless. Uh, way back ages ago, they asked me to to listen to Seafret because it was a band that meant a lot to them, and they would. I, I remember listening to it and just going, "Wow, that's that's gorgeous." Um, so when you popped up that name again that we were going to listen to their new music, I was really excited. This over delivered what I expected. Like they're quite 
uh, an acoustic based uh, band, quite soft, quite gentle. And there's some really big hits in this album. Um, I've listened to this a lot, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I think going back to the episode, the, the beginning of this episode, like I've, it's, it's been a topsy turvy week for me. And this is an album that makes you feel emotions, right? Because there are some stunning, beautifully written, crafted songs that you just go, that hit you in the heart. Like, yep. and then what they do is they're really smart in the way they lay it out because the next song, whether it's a Monsters or Magnetic, and I 100% agree with you around Magnetic and that, that review about Imagine Dragons, depending on my mood, I'm like, oh, that is, that's pretty cheesy. But then I'll find myself. But then sometimes it. you just want to dance. She's so <laughs> magnetic. <laughs> See, she's so yeah. magnetic. I know, but they, they, so the structure of the album is really great. I, same as you. Most of us are strangers. The title track, which is number one on an album, which what albums have their you know their their title track as the opener. And you know my thoughts on the fact when a title track is great, it makes me love the album. Yeah. Don't call your album after a song that's shit. <laughs> so be my queen is that sort of magnetic monster sort of loud vibe and you're right yeah it's nothing it's nothing new but they do it really well there is some love won't let me leave fall just gorgeous songs look my look vocals are excellent musically yeah. very strong production and mixing are absolutely top notch my one bit of feedback the album is tw- it's 12 songs it's a little bit too long right? If they had culled by one or two songs, maybe ended the album on Lie to Me, which is track 10, it's pretty much faultless. But they add track 11 and track 12. I was like, yeah, I could, I think Loving You and Unbreakable, the two last ones, I went, you know what? I, I don't need this. I've gone through this emotional journey with you guys. I've got everything I want out of this album. I don't need these two extra songs tacked on to the end. But you know what? That's, that's nitpicking. I mean, this was... A real pleasure to listen to, and it got me. It got me right there on some of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see you raise you by half a point. Eight out of ten. Right Good point. album, isn't it? Good album. So happy with that. Do you want to play something? Yes, I'd really love to play most of us are strangers. Let's do it. Let's play it. Red lips on a cigarette Lives a life with no regrets And it makes me wonder Acts tough but she's struggling Camouflage but it's wearing thin I think she's going under Dancing through the night in a lead tree light Wishing it could be this way forever to hide, I'll be by your side It's better when we do it together Most of us are strangers Who want someone to save us We're looking out for angels And something we can hold on We hear sirens Suffer in the silence Getting tired of trying And tired of being alone oh, 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 oh. 
child when you're feeling low Tell me everything I need to know I wanna see you smiling Come and tell me how it really is I'm sick of keeping up appearances Don't tell me you stop fighting Dancing through the night in electric light Wishing it could be this way forever Don't have to hide, I'll be by our side Always better when we do it together Most of us are strangers Who want someone to save us We're looking out for angels And something we can hold on We are sirens A suffer in the silence Getting tired of trying And tired of being alone Great song. Great album. Do you like that song? I love it. Love it. Amazing, isn't it? It's not, my, it's not my favorite, but it is a bloody good song and a great way to start off the album. So um, do yourself a favor. Go and listen to this album. Really top notch stuff. So, on that note, oh, before no. we jump into the editors, I'm going to tell you next week's homework. So, I know I sent you that spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, you've thrown. What have you done? Oh, I've done something. So, um, I've removed, so one of the albums are probably what you think is going to be. So there's a band, um, indie band, Porridge Radio. Oh. With the album Every Bad. Um, that's one of the albums. Okay. <laughs> However, there was a new release today oh, that God. caught me by surprise. Oh, God. And um, I was like, well got to cover that got to put that in the homework the album is called the bonnie the bonnie the bonnie yeah oh god right and by one of our favorite scottish artists oh god jerry cinnamon jerry 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 so next week's homework Jerry Cinnamon with the album The Bonnie released today, fresh off the press. And a band called The Porridge or Porridge Radio with the album Every Bad. Can I make a prediction? Prediction prediction about Jerry. It sounds exactly the same. 
exactly the same as everything else he's ever done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's my prediction. Please fill it. Yeah. Okay. I think at this point it's probably time to take a little bit of a drinks break. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Without pause. bombshell. Pause for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to drink after that. <laughs> right, let's get a drink. Right. All right, let's get into this. This is this week's album, The Editors with the Back Room. Actually, it's Editors and the Back Room. Yeah, it's not the. I know. Why did bands stop using the? And I say the editors because it's like, you, well, that's weird, isn't it? Because you don't say the voices. I say, I know the band is editors, but I always say the, as in. Well, it's the same as same as yeah. doves, right? Doves drop. Well, you would the normally doves. go to the doves, but it's doves. Was it like do we you don't say the blur though or the pulp? Isn't it weird how you would think that? No, but there was a period, wasn't there, in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, where everyone was the something. Yeah. Even the the, but you know, there was always someone called, and then people just dropped it, and it was a bit weird because it's just. Unusual. But anyway, let's get into this. So it's released. Anyway, I'm just well, I'm pumped about this, right? And the reason I'm pumped about this is because I actually genuinely don't know what way this is going to go. This could be the episode where you completely smash me, and that's cool, and I can take it because it's probably about time. But it has, yeah, it's one of the this episode in particular of all my choices has been the one because you're not familiar with them. Mm-hmm. genuinely don't know which way you've got to go right even in the top 50 i had an idea i knew mm-hmm. if you liked it or you didn't and even the ones up till now that i have nominated you've i've known like i knew you liked kasabian because we went to see them the dove mm, this one i have no idea i know what i think and this is either going to be a meeting of minds or it's going to be not <laughs> and I'm like, this is yeah. Well, let's forget the format for a second. Why did you pick this album? Mm-hmm. I picked this album because I absolutely used to. I'm not saying that I don't know. Ooh. I used to love. No, I'm just because I'm trying to not give it too much away. Okay. I used to look like I love this band. So before all of the look, am I, I look? I get all the, oh, it's just Joy Division light, and it's this, and it's that, and it's Depeche Mode, and all of that. I get all of that, that, whatever. This was, there are a couple of bands out of the 2000s, outside of the Britpop era, that really hooked me and took me in. Mm -hmm. The Doves were one. There's another band that was the same, which I won't mention yet, because I think we'll talk about them, and I don't want to give it away. That band. And then there were the editors. Um, Well, editors. There were other bands of albums that I'd liked and they came in and out and I'll probably talk about those. But there were three particular bands that hooked me that I went, oh, I like you and I like you a lot. And I have followed their careers and their albums. And editors were one. And there were various reasons. One, the tracks I loved. I just thought vocally, you know, I love my vocals. Great. Lyrically, loved them. And musically, their album gave you, I feel like their albums give you that, um, um, what's the word? Like the variety, because they, the they do the full-on intense rocky songs well, but they also do the softer, 
emotional type songs really well. And I love the balance. I love a ballad, but I also do love the in your face, up loud, here we go. Um, and there's a couple of tracks on. So that when this album was released, I had just come back from traveling. So I'd been in Australia with you mm-hmm. and I'd got back to Edinburgh and I was in a, a crossroads of my life for very many different reasons, as you know. Mm-hmm. And this album plays a huge part in that. Ah, right. And this album plays a huge part in my decision-making process of how my life would go. Oh, God, right, right. And there's a couple of tracks in this album that made me realize what decision I had to make. Oh, this is massive. This is massive for me. This album is massive for me. This is this is the athlete tourist vice versa. It really is, is. and that's the thing. And I've been nervous about this because it's going to go one of two ways. And, and And if you don't like this, I want you to go all out. And that's okay. cool, but okay. it's just, yeah, that's why, for me, this has been the one I've been looking forward to. Oh, that makes me feel horrible inside. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read my comments as I reviewed this, the album and the songs, not knowing that. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. I can't. Okay, all right. So I can't wait to get into the tracks and, and talk about that. All right, okay, yeah. so... 2005, we just talked about this is a debut album from editors. It followed with An End Has a Start in 2007, which got to number one. You sort of talked about you had, you had a tough time picking this or An End Has a Start. Why? Why? Musically, I did. Emotionally, I didn't. Um, right. Musically, I think An End Has a Start is, is, is a good album. Um, interestingly enough, I actually do enjoy the song um, smokers outside a hospital room, but there's been a couple of people on Twitter have been like that. That's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. Mm. Um, I didn't know which. Mu- I think when we went through this exercise, I was like, "Well, it's probably similar to you. This album has so much meaning for me that I was like, is it musically better than their second album?'" Or am I just blinded by what I think about it? But having listened to them both again, actually simultaneously, I'm glad I picked this one. This is a better album. Okay. In my view. Okay, good. So it seems to be, we seem to be following a thing here because the label is Kitchenware, but the producer is Jim Abyss. Now, we just did Jim Abyss's music with the music and Kasabian's albums. So we're on a roll with old Jimmy here. (laughs) <laughs> his albums it's 11 tracks 43 minutes it got to number two it did debut at number 13 so it worked its way back up les how long was this album in the charts oh 17 weeks 50 50 weeks i didn't think it'd be as long as that i need to die so let's go into the charts albums Hopes and Fears by Keen. Mm-hmm. American Idiot by Green Day, one of your favorite bands of all time. Oh my God. The Gorillas with Demon Days. The War of the World soundtrack by Jeff Wayne. The Essential Michael Jackson. Yeah, I can hear. Crazy Hits by Crazy Frog. 
crazy frog. Jesus. What was it? That was pretty much every song that that frog ever did. Kaiser Chiefs with Employment. Forever Faithless by Faithless. X and Y by Coldplay. And Back to Bedlam, your favourite mate, James Blunt. Awful. What was that? Number what? Number one, this album was. That's a joke. Let's go to singles. Axel F was the creative frog song. Lee Ryan, Army of Lovers. Do you know who Lee Ryan was? I've got no idea. Rock Your Body by MVP. <laughs> Just know him as the wrestler. Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. <gasps> hey, Gasolina. Show me your Gasolina. Oh, Gasolina. Okay. Uh, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Since You've Been Gone, I've been raised for the first time. I'm so in you. Oh, yeah. Back to you, because again. wonder if that's on your Let's Sing game or whatever it's called. Ooh. Uh, we Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Because we belong together. Okay, Ask Like That by Eminem. Get a Gospel by Tupac with Elton. We've talked about that. Bad Day by Daniel Powter. And oh, it's a horrible song. Because you had a bad day. A bad oh, bad day, yeah. day, day. Awful. Well, it's not so much. It's, it's, it's well. Number one, which is You're Beautiful by James Blunty Blunt. Oh, God. <laughs> it's one of the worst songs of all time. I'd like to meet that guy. He seems cool. Like, he's actually a cool dude. All right. Shall we get into editors? All right. Let's do so this. First time talking about these guys. They're completely new. So, editors. And not the. Um, just editors. Just editors. They formed in 2002 in Birmingham. Tom Smith on lead vocals, guitar and piano. Russell Leach, bass guitar, synths and vocals. Ed Lay, drums, percussion and backing vocals. Came in from 2003, replacing Gerwaint A. Owen and Elliot Williams, key synth guitar, back and forth, and Justin Lockyer, lead guitar, who came in after 2012, after Chris Urban, Urbanowicz left due to a difference in musical direction, which we'll cover later on. They all met while studying music technology at Staffordshire University, but living in Birmingham. In an interview with GQ, Ed said, I've met Russ first. We bumped into each other on the open day at Stafford Uni where the band eventually began. I was with my dad and there he was, this massive enthusiastic guy with a skinhead and a big grin who just seemed to want some company. So we tagged along together. Meeting him swayed my decision to go to Stafford where we met Chris and Tom. I met Elliot at the legendary, now closed down, Borderline in London at an airship gig and Justin was in a rehearsal room at the legendary, also closed down, Rich Bitch Studios in Brum. Just on that, Les, you where did you go to uni? Edinburgh. Why did you pick that? I, <laughs> I'd like to think it's because of the academic premise. However, it was because all my mates were going. <laughs> 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 and also, I didn't want to be anywhere in the Ouija's. That's um, I was. That's not. I wasn't. That wasn't a leading question, by the way. It was just curious to know. No, why. it was. So I actually got into a uni in Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and Glasgow, and I got a conditional place at a university in Leeds because I actually pushed the boat. I thought maybe I could go to university in England. Didn't. Um, 
And then Edinburgh, as you can look from the geography, whoever doesn't know Scotland, geography-wise, Scotland, um, Perth and Edinburgh are on the same coast. And they're not far, like we're talking 45 miles. It's the capital. And I'd always had a connection to Edinburgh in the sense that my mum and dad would take us through Edinburgh Zoo. My, a couple of my mates had moved through, through there a year before me. And it's closer to Perth, where I'm from, than, Edinburgh, uh, than Glasgow. And just given the east and the west coast thing in Scotland, Glasgow had, and it just reminded me of Celtic and Rangers, and I'm not a fan of either, as we know. But And I was like, oh... Anyway, but Edinburgh, being the capital, tons of nightlife, loads of music, loads of bands, not far from home, mates there, perfect, let's do it. Lovely. The the university and the course, I was like, oh, yeah, that seems fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can do that. Right, okay. Um, It was just, I was was reading that story about, you know, just... Just he went to a uni because he, he met this guy, and I'm like, that's that's a nice story to have. You just went there because your mates were there anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to be honest. Yeah. So Chris, I'd fallen out of love with guitar music for quite a while, kind of after Britpop, as there was really nothing came, nothing that was really interesting me, and we all connected one year when we came back from the summer on the first Strokes album and the first Elbow record. So we bonded on those two records and listened to them constantly. We all played different instruments and we were all into similar music. So we thought, let's have a go and see what happens. We were doing music technology and had access to studios and practice rooms. So it just made sense. Did you do any gigs at uni? You were playing the guitar at uni, weren't you? Yeah, I did a couple of open mic nights. Did you? Um, I did more DJ stuff though. Oh, nice. Okay. Um... So I did a couple of music reviews for the Uni Mag. I remember the first music review I did for the Uni Mag was the album Music by Madonna. <laughs> um, and I wasn't particularly positive about said album. It's a terrible album. To which I got some, I don't know, kickback about. Constructive um, feedback. Constru- yeah, that's a good word. Constructive feedback. Um I yeah, look I did a couple of night nights, just me and my guitar, a couple of songs, um, but I DJ'd a couple of times in Edinburgh too. So yeah. I don't know, I always feel that I should have done more with the whole songwriting and guitar thing. Okay. It's just hard. It's yeah. and I'm not this is not me saying that DJing is easy by any stretch or that they're not but but DJing is a lot easier. You can learn to mix a lot quicker than you can learn an instrument to the level that you need to know it. I agree. Um, and so I think I, I, not a cop-out, I still do play my guitar. I wish I was better. I genuinely wish I was better. But, um, yeah, it's not an easy thing to... So when you talk about like the top 10 guitarists of all time, you just have to know that that level of talent is exceptional. Yeah, okay. Versus a David Guetta. <laughs> but I'm just being honest. If you yeah. take like a Jim, if you take like a Jimmy Page or a, I don't know, one of the best guitarists that you've ever heard, like a Slash or whoever, versus David Guetta, the level, like the talent required. 
is substantially different. The sad thing is, I'm just thinking, I bet the two have worked together. <laughs> yeah. Guetta's, he's all over everything. Right. The band was initially known as Pilot and played their first show under that name in 2002. However, oh, I cannot wait. I forgot I, I, forgot I had this. They realised the name was already taken by a 1970s Scottish pop group, so they changed their name to The Pride. Side note, Pilot, the Scottish band, has two members of the Bay City Rollers. Oh, God. Who are... Right, so there's two parts. Who are the Bay City Rollers? Well, they were, for some reason... Well, they're a Scottish band, pop band, and they were loved, like, totally adored. Like, heartthrobs. Like, proper famous heartthrobs. Awful music. Utterly awful. <laughs> Look, have you heard it? Uh, give me a Bay City Rollers song. Don't even, I can't even. Right, well, I'll give you... So, you know how they, they took the name Pilot, and it's a Scottish 1970s band. Do you want to know what the song that Pilot is well known for? Oh, God, no, what? Ready? Oh, 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 it's magic. Magic. You know. You know. That is Pilot. Scottish Can band. I say something inflammatory, or can I not? Of course you can. But it, no. I'll tell you that offline, but that's, just remind me of that. Okay. All right. Uh, so under, so they changed their name, bear with me because there's a few of these. So they changed their name to The Pride. They uploaded some songs to the BBC Radio 1, Undiscovered on Side Section. Jawent left here to focus on his Welsh band, The Heights. I couldn't find too much on The Heights. And they changed the name from Pride to Snowfield. Oh, God. Keeping track, three name changes so far. Yeah, and I'm uh, glad they're changing them every time because they're... <laughs> After the summer, the band released a self, uh, they self-released a demo six-track EP, all of which went on to become future editors' songs. For the next year, the band had the different band members then worked on part-time jobs along with the rest of the work within the band. After continuously gigging around the Midlands, the band then set out on a one-track demo CD of Bullets. This got the attention, and in the two, October 2004, the group signed to Newcastle-based indie label band Kitchenware Records for 10 thousand pounds that's a hell of a lot of money they again changed the name this time to editors so four name changes wow. okay um they got played on radio one song of the week they supported song of the week song of the week well done they supported pure essence and ocean size and it was the release of munich that got major attention heading number 25 in the charts and this led to them signing a distribution deal with Sony BMG. Blood was released two months later, reaching number 18 in the UK singles chart. So with three songs out there, Bullets, Munich and Blood, the album came out, which got to number 13. Post this, they released, uh, post-release, they supported Franz Ferdinand and they re-released Bullets, number 27 and Munich, number 10. So if you go through, they pretty much re-released every song. Uh, they're a Top of the Pops appearance. And with these re-releases, the album went up to number two. It was an exciting time for a lot of guitar music. Editor's bassist Russell Leach tells Gigwise, thinking back to launch into music with the runaway success of a debut album, The Backroom. At that time, it was very different. There were so many guitar bands, and it was all on the radio. It was very popular. Obviously, 10 years later, a lot has changed. It's quite dance-oriented within the charts at the moment. 
what was that, 2015, 10 years later, 2015. Would you say yeah. the charts was, how would you say dance was in 2015? What's that? Awful a bit. Ter- David Guetta, that's who it was. Oh. Number one. Oh, put your hands on me, dick. <laughs> I hate the, David Guetta with a passion. I bet, I, he's a really, I bet he's a really nice guy. Is he? Well, he's a crap DJ and he's a disgrace and a sellout and he should be ashamed of himself. I'm sure he's really concerned about your opinion when he's like... And you know what? I would be exactly the same as David Guetta when I'm throwing my millions of bucks around, drinking my first champagne with every hot person under the sun while I remixed a shit song in the first place to make it even shitter, but for some <laughs> reason it made me five million dollars. Because that's what he's good at. Yeah, Take that's, a shit that... song and make it shitter. <laughs> so they, they went to the US. Uh, so they did a, a joint North American tour with Stella Star. You ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you not? No. Okay. Can you sing me any Stella Star? No. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and they did uh, Munich on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. That's pretty cool, being on corner. Did you know that this got picked as a nomination for the 2006 Mercury Prize Awards? I did. Oh, God. So, But let's... I can't remember who won it. All right, let me tell you. Uh, right. So let me randomly. So we've got White Bread, Black Beer by Scritti Politi. The Warning by Hot Chip. That's a great album. It's like a great Th- album. Through the Window Pane by Gilmots. This is my demo by Sway, Melting Point, Melting Pot by Zoe Raman, Raman, The Eraser by Tom York, <gasps> Cole's Corner by Richard Hawley, Black Holes and Revelations by Muse, Crap. Beloved One by <laughs> Beloved One by Lou, Lou Rhodes, Ballad of Broken Seas by Isabel Campbell and Mark Lanigan, The Backroom by the Editors, and Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not by the Monkeys. It was no. the Monkeys. It was the monkeys. Of course it was. Yeah. Do you think we'll chat about that at some stage? I think we might. Okie dokie. What do you think uh, people said about this album? What do you think What do you think Pitchfork and Enemy said about this album? What's your uh, Pitchfork wouldn't like it because they're knobs, but um, Enemy probably would. So for me, this album is one of those ones where I think that... Um, and I remember at the time, there's going to be, they're one of these bands where there's going to be, it's like the Oasis, loads of comparison. It's going to be like, you're a, you're not, you're a shit version of Joy Division. Well, you're not, because you're not, you can't help how he sounds. And Joy, like every single band on this planet is influenced by another band. Fact. So, unless they call themselves the Joy Division and they wanted to be them, well, then they're not. And given the fact that there has been decades since then, whatever, it does my head in. That annoys me. So they're going to be either be called a shit joy division or people are going to go, this is great music in a time where we need better guitar music. It's essentially, I feel, going to be either one of those. And you're either going to like them or you're not. Because his voice could be polarising and I get that. It could either be like really annoying or you go... It's really powerful, and it's the same with some of the songs. They're not going to be a band that ever... They're going to be a Marmite band, and I get that. 
Pitchfork, six out of ten. Editors sound like better than Ernest, I thought. Yeah, they're not bad. Editors sound like an earnest rock band who grew up loving the same bands as a current batch of revivalists. But beyond the workmanlike interpretations of the heroes, it's hard to swallow. Editors often imitate bands with dramatic vocalists like Ian Curtis or Ian McCulloch, but the best moments on the back room aren't the theatrical ones. It's when the four of them are playing and discovering their own chemistry. Fail. Enemy, the back room is a record that hops from hopelessness to hopefulness, often with the space of a chorus, because editors are, are people who realize that this world is a pretty shitty place and that life is cruel. But you know what? It's all that we've got. So let's have a pop at crafting some beauty, some joy, and some salvation. Editors embrace the light and the dark, and in doing so, have created a debut that will endure. You like that? Last one, Pop Miles. 7 out of 10. The spiky guitars and swirling synth textures that make up this record are hardly visionary. But when it's all done as effortless as this, it surely is exciting. Touching on desolate themes of loss and mortality and shooting them through with a sparky, sparkly, almost hopefully abandoned, the songs editors have given us are definitely worth listening to. Not bad. Not bad. Can we... So you've touched on it editors when you dig into the editors when you start doing research about the editors there is comparisons against obviously you've mentioned a a few of the bands yeah they're not a band that's quite well liked um there seems to be a lot of not not negative press around them but it just it just it feels as if people want to attack this band what's what did you yeah. find? Um, and I think it's because of what they think they sound like. And I think that's harsh because, well, let's be honest. Okay, so let's just play this out. And this is me just being probably a bit defensive and I don't suppose I'm supposed to. But if you think of the albums from this kind of genre that were released in this decade, right, there was a lot of not good albums. And there are a lot of not very talented bands. I feel this is a talented band. That's the lead singer. It's the vocals for me. You're either going to like them or you're going to compare them. Musically, this band offer a lot. But if you're going to compare them to the 90s and Britpop, and if you're going to get all deep and meaningful, and you're all going to de- get, if you're going to, pull it into, oh, they're not the Stone Roses and they're not Joy Division and they're not this and they're not the Talking Heads and you're going to get all that, well, then you're going to find fault. If you take them as they were, as they were the fact they got nominated for the American Music, Music Prize, and I'm not saying that's the be-all and end-all, kind of tells me that at 2005, this was not a bad offering. But um, the reality is they're Marmite. And it's like what we talked about with Athlete. I don't know. I just find it harsh because... I find it harsh because you can compare bands all you want, but I think in 2005, this is not... This was a original sound at that time, this band. And okay. I think they should be given credit for that. 
Okay. What's so with you talked very briefly about an end has a has a start. Mm-hmm. Two thousand seven, way more popular album by sales. It got to number mm-hmm. one. But that's what, my second album theory. Oh, it is too. That that. But yeah, it is. It is. You're right. But you talked about earlier. You you thought musically, emotionally, you had this. Musically, you had that. Has it done a reversal through this process? No. Okay, still the same. No, still the same. I. I lo- I actually like most of the editors albums. I actually just I like editors. I do like I like their sound. It's just a band I like and I might be alone, I might not be alone. Um I just think they do poignant songs and when they pull it out the bag they can write a song. Okay. And that's there are, look, and when we talk about, I'm looking forward to talking about the tracks because it's not like I'm completely, but this is not a perfect album by any stretch. But when they do it well, they do it well. Pitchfork didn't really like the second album too much. They gave it four point nine, um, and there are. You know, it's a shame that premature commercial success has sullied the editors' editors' creativity, because an end contains its share of bright spots. However, that way Smith uh, is feeling is feeling probably stems from a sudden need to bolster the band's sound proportionally with their massive fame, a move that a group like the Arcade Fire could pull off on a follow-up album, but not Joy Division, Interpol, U2, cut-and-paste efforts like editors. In a perfect world, these guys would never escape the shadow cast over them by its predecessors, but they could at least do more than compromise them with a mass-marketable bombast and arena posturing. Um, so after how much in there so I've got the rest of the albums how much did you go through the rest of editor's career I've given a lot I haven't actually given much the first two albums are the ones I listen to the most Mm -hmm. I've listened to some of them like again I always find I don't know if it's just me but if you don't catch me in the first two albums, you're not catching me. Yeah, okay. Because I actually don't think anybody's fifth album's ever their better album. Um, out of all of their newest albums, they released an album, I think it was about two or three years ago, called Violence. Yep, yeah. 2008, um, Violence, actually. Yeah. Violence. So their first, first two albums, that's the next best album. Really? I like Violence. It's quite commercial. I listened to that today because I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to some more. Uh, I like it. But I like The Weight of Your Love and that got slammed. And I wondered if it's because I was... This is why I wondered if I was just a bit biased. Okay. I enjoyed The Weight of Your Love. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. I had it, I listened to it again recently. Um, but I bought The Weight of Your Love. And I remember there's three tracks on the weight of your love that I genuinely loved. So mm-hmm. the first track, the weight, what is this thing called love? And there was a track on it called, um, uh, from Aldehyde. Mm-hmm. And they really stuck out for me. Okay. It's just been a band I've enjoyed over the time. And I feel okay. when, the, when editors get a track, they're the kind of band that really get me mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's songs that you go, oh, it's too much. But it's a band that I genuinely do enjoy. Um, 
but I do think they are Marmite. You either okay. gonna love them or hate them, and that's cool. I'm not gonna be offended if people don't like editors. I'm offended when people don't like Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> so just before the third album, which was in this light and then this evening it went to number one again in, in 2009, 2009 they were interviewed by Quietus right and this this one I read a lot of interviews this one stood out where do you think editors stand in today's musical landscape I'm not sure with three records in and a lot of bands who were seen as our peers around the early 2000s and who came around the same time of us have I don't know but it's hard to talk about that without sounding arrogant um but we are proud of everything we have achieved. We've had a Mercury Prize nomination uh, for our first album and a Brit Award nomination for the second, while a new UK tour has sold out before the record has even been released, so there is still a demand. It's weird. All the way along, we've always felt like kind of outsiders. Ever when we first started, the press were nice, but we've, we've never been on the front cover of anything like Enemy or Championed by the Press. We've had good and bad reviews, but the press has never said, this is the best band of the year or anything. So is that is that their music or is that the fact that this, the, the, like they, they're borrowing from some of the other bands? I think that actually sums it up. Like I actually do think that's how people will see them because I think they've had that they've had probably that um, critical success where people have recognised how strong they are musically. Mm. They're not going to have the likability of an Arctic Monkeys or an Oasis because they're actually quite boring. Like, I couldn't even tell you the names of the band. Mm-hmm. Like, I probably couldn't. I could pick them out in photographs. I recognize them. But you don't. I didn't know much about them. They're not that band um, where you go, oh, well. Like, they've got that charisma. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that presence, but I don't think that affects their music rights. So I think we've got to separate them. The Arctic Monkeys, they had that presence. You can imagine them on the stage. Oasis had that presence. The editor's music, I don't think, stands up on its own without the band having to be that. Um, they're not a Kasabian. And I love that. You know I love that. I love a front man. I love mm-hmm. the whole thing. They don't mm. do that. No, they don't. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's why. So I genuinely believe that they've made critically some good albums. I think they've made good music. I think they've made great tracks. I don't think they've been media friendly. I don't think they've been a band that you can completely relate to. They haven't had charisma. They haven't had presence. A bit like the Doves. They've kind of just been there. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Um, look, there's a lot more of the career, but I, I just want to cover this as well, which is they were asked in um, an interview with All Music, if you took this record back in time and played it for your 2005 self, what would they think? So Tom said, part of me would have been blown away by the idea that we'd still be making records. I'd have been intrigued if I picked up the sleeve and saw two different people in the band. That would have been a bit of a head scratcher. I think musically, I'd have been over the moon. The back room, there were songs like Camera and Distance that had more of an electronic underbelly. And over the years, we flipped between making more guitar-sounding records and more electronic records. I think I've been. A, I think I would have been a bit scared by the riff in Hallelujah. Hallelujah as well. Are you? Should we get into music? We haven't played music for a while. 
Should we get into this album? You got anything yeah. else to add on this band? Um, there's a lot more I could discuss, and there's a lot more notes, but we've been chatting a while, and I think maybe we probably will come across their careers in a different episode. I um, I'm just really pleased we're talking about this album because it does mean a lot to me. Um, and I'm actually genuinely keen to hear what you think. It's not going to bother me if you don't like them. Um, it will surprise me if you don't like them. Because I think there are some tracks that I think really are tracks I think you would like. Hmm. Um, but this is a there's a few albums when we talk through this podcast that have like real meaning to me because the yeah. that decade for me when I think about it I was twenty to thirty that's a very meaningful time of your life mm-hmm. that stand out and this is one of them and so the fact that I actually do get to talk about it makes me happy. Okay. With that, let's get into the tracks then. It kicks off the album with Lights. Yes. Go on, talk to me about Lights. It's a punch in the face. It's an opening track. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's not the best track on the album, but it's what you need just to just set the tone. Here we go. Bang. Take that. <laughs> uh, this is from uh, Yellow Flowers. This song is about being scared of something, possibly losing all that they have at this very moment. I don't think it's about sleeping with someone. It's about keeping the light on when you are young and afraid of the dark. If fortune favors the brave, I am as poor as they come. That's, I mean, that is a great lyric. Basically saying that they're anything but brave. I, I think it's an okay song. I don't think it's a punch to the face. It, look, it's not bad. It doesn't, you've, you've said this isn't the best song in the album. I agree with that statement. Um, there's nothing stand out about it, but it's it's not it's it's okay. You want to play it? Yeah. Okay. Lights. What a song. I don't disagree. This is an anthem. It's not an anthem. I think it's an anthem of the t- I think if you took the 2000s as mm-hmm. a decade mm-hmm. and you did the top 100 anthems of the 2000s, that's in it. Right. For sure. For me, anyway, because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were just, you were it just back. Resonates, and you're just you... like that's that song, and you're like, yes, this is the song I think that really kicked them off. Like people knew who they were. This got lots of radio play. I remember this on Radio One. This got tons of radio play. I, I'd be surprised if anyone that lived in the UK in 2005 did not know this song, even if they didn't know the genre, if they didn't know the band. If I played them that song, they would know the song. It's that. That's what I'm saying about. 
an anthem. It's that song that even if you know nothing about music, if I play you it, you go, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, so this was the second single released on the 30th of April 2005. It got to number 10. That's what I'm saying. Like, people knew this. Look, this is... Um, i got to admit, I really like the song. Um, the chorus is just excellent. We will get to it. The guitar and the... Like, I, I can hear it in my head playing right now. That noise, that distinctive noise the guitar makes mm-hmm. is is really great, but it gets repetitive through this album. It's a very... I don't, I, we'll get to it, but the, the, the strong guitar on this song, it is repeated a lot on several other songs. You're looking at me like, I don't tell you. But look... People are fragile things. You should know this by now. Be careful what you put them through. People are fragile things. Oh, just lovely. Be careful what you put them through. I mean, come on. I know. One of the song meanings. It breaks when you don't forsit. It breaks when you don't try. It breaks when you don't forsit. It breaks when you don't try. Love it. I mean, I mean, editors' anthems. Wow. Oh, I'll give you this. Great song. Great song. Um, Jill Bag on Song Minix. Feelings and inadequacies make people the easiest things to break when handled wrongly by certain people. Oh, jeez, poignant. Um, Look, we will definitely play Munich. The interesting thing is that this is neither of our songs. No. No? And not because it's bad. No. It's a great song. Great song. Agreed. All right, let's play a bit of Munich. This is just a. This is just a. Sometimes with editors, it's just that song where you just want to puff your chest out, just in your face, and you just love it. I just love. I love this song so much. Uh, so released twice. Got to number thirty-nine <laughs> the first time. Got to number eighteen the second. I got to be honest. Like this is. You gotta have, you gotta have Munich or Blood, 
And I tell you what, you certainly cannot have them right after we each other in the album because really? they sound so similar. No, they don't. And you know the guitar? Like it is just it's the same noise. But that's their sound. Yeah. So, but you so, can't talk about the same sound and think that athlete don't have it. And I, I said that about athlete. I said that sometimes they went back to the well and it was a formula and this this album, if you listen to the guitar, it is very much a similar effect on multiple I'll give you that. Songs. It's a formula. But, but it's and that's the interesting. This is a formula I like and athlete was a formula you like. Because I like, I love this. But as long as we admit there's a formula, we're okay. Mm. Right. However, this is weird. To me, it feels very similar sounding to Munich. It's definitely the guitar. However, this is still a good song. Um, Genius. This track seems to be about misplacing your trust in someone who's proved himself or herself untrustworthy before. Since the person the song is directed is not able to be trusted, the only thing he or she and the singer have in common is the blood in their veins, as mentioned in the lyrics. Uh, I look, blood is definitely worth playing. I want to play it, please. Cool. Keeping a promise. Okay, so oh, I'm, not one, I'm not one to give much away. No. And I'm not going to give much away. Um, what I will say, though, is there are probably tens... You know how you said to me before, there are tens... There are some songs in your life that will... I don't know, that could... There are songs in your life that you can remember about decisions that you made and that have such an important meaning. And this is one of them. And... I'll read the lyrics to you because they're absolutely ingrained in my brain. With my eyes closed, I'll look closer. I'll always remember Juggernaut screaming to a stop. Sounds like devils are laughing. And then I wanted to see it for myself. Somehow Somehow I light up when I'm with you. You repeat, I wanted to see this for myself. That has always been... And it always will be a mantra for me. I always have to experience... If I feel it, I need to go and do it. And I need to see it and I will make that decision. And I will move forward. And there was a time in my life when I came back travelling. Had been in Australia, as you know. And there were a situation in my life. I was at a crossroads and I had to make a decision. And those lyrics and those words literally were ringing in my ears. And I made my decision. And I moved. And I did what I had to do, and I don't regret a minute of it. And I will always, always play that in my head. And so for me, this song 
moves me more I can I can ever tell you. It was a sad song at the time, but now it's like an it was a very sad song at the time, but now it's a song of I don't know, it's a song of power and it's a song of pride for me. Oh wow. That's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, you're lucky I like the song. Um, <laughs> I am because I'd have been devastated. <laughs> Imagine if I went, it's a fucking pants song. Um, but no, this is look, you know what? This song was, I, I know we, we sort of messaged each other before this. This, this is your pick. This was my pick. I, this song, it reminds me of, of Elbow, which they sort of cited as one of their influences. It's the best song so far. It's a beautiful song. The voice, I have no problems with this guy's voice. None. I, no. think he's, I think he's a great singer. I think it's really haunting on the song. A terrific song. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you absolutely picked this as your song. Play it. Can we Fall. play it all? Yeah, we can play it all. Absolutely. Here's Fall.
wanted to see I wanted to see this for myself I wanted to see I wanted to see I wanted to see this for myself You just come out of this journey. Mm. That was that's it. All sparks from the end. I love this song. What really? Uh, no, it's this blue. is surprising to me. I honestly didn't think you wouldn't. No, I, I thought, thought you'd be more. Yeah, I thought I'd be more professional than this. Look, it's the back. It's a use. It's a very typical sound of this. It sounds very similar to Munich and Blood, which is nothing. Which wrong is their with sound, and I think it's the same as Athlete. That's my point, and I get it. And that's what I said at the beginning. We don't like their sound. This album's gonna suck. It's that distinct guitar yeah, sound that agreed. Just catches my 100%. ears, and it feels the same. And I love it. Um, John, it's a warning to someone who is a bit of a bright spark, someone who's a little too full of clever answers and opinions. He's telling them that the transcendence is very much a temporary thing and that they're going to be burnt out by life's long struggle, just like everyone else. Fire is often linked with bright life and energy, but here the comparison to a discarded cigarette cast onto the road, a tiny doomed flame in a big dark world. Oh, that is awesome. Um, what is it? So all spots, you, you dig this. Love it. I absolutely love this song. All right. Sparks to the dee 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 dee. Love it. All right, let's play All Sparks.
this song, but I feel this t- it takes a dip. This, it does. This song is this song is hit or miss for me. So you know how we talk a lot about albums are like a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for me, this album goes like the first five songs for me, and I know they're not for you. To me, are flawless. Like we are five, four, five. I'm then like, ooh, ooh, not bad song. Don't skip it, but. This is where we begin to dip. Um, the next couple of songs, I go up again, and then I go back down again. I go up mm. a tiny bit. We might be on the same. Back. We might be on the same thing here. We might. We might both. And then I never come back. back. And this is the thing, right? I haven't actually listened to this full album beginning to end for a long time. There are tracks that I come in. Oh, look! I think I mentioned that the song. There's, an, there's a few tracks in this album that means a lot to me personally. Mm. There are two tracks that I go back to often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember until this went up to beginning to end because there are some tracks that I skip. This one, I don't think it's a skipper in the sense of, you know what, I'm like, hashtag convictions, it's awful. But it ain't a track that I'm going to play a lot of times. Like, it's okay. I agree with you. So camera... I tell you what, this, this, of a it's a the, bit annoying. I know they're gr- they are great writers though. The lyrics mm. are look at the look at us through the lens of a camera. Does it remove all of our pain? If we run, they'll look in the back room where we hide all of our feelings. The back room, and what's the album called? Oh, look, the writing is good. I, I don't have a fault with any of the writing. Like you, we read the lyrics; they're really well written. This song for me is is just I'm not a fan of it. It doesn't stand out. I Same. agree with you. It's a bit of a bit of a lull. So yep. should we move on to fingers in the factories? And it's funny because I've actually got on my notes camera dash don't play. Good. Fingers in the factories. Play it, bang and we're back in the game. This is what I love about the editors, because they can be if you, and I know what you're saying, the sound. If you like the sound and you like the guitar and you like the raucousness then you're going to love them. If you don't, it's going to annoy you. This, I'm back in. I'm like, yes! Oh my god, you read my mind. Okay, song again. The chorus can split me though. Quite annoying, albeit sometimes catchy, depending on my mood. Not great. But I do like... I like, it, I like that you like it. And again, this is an album. I kid you not, I've listened to a lot. Um listen to it this afternoon multiple times and some listens I get through the album and I go didn't mind that and then the next minute I go I don't I actually don't like it like I actually I so it's a weird it's a weird yeah. album for me um things in the factory shall we play this you like it mm-hmm. all right
I love bullets. <laughs> what do you like about bullets? Again, the same. It's just the it's the full on pulse of it. It's the impact. It's the aggression. It's just in your face. I'm gonna read it. It has an annoying chord that gets played before the chorus. Then the chorus hits, and then it's annoying. Very, it's annoying too. I'm not sure what it is, but I think I'm starting not to like this. Oofed. Oh, I feel really bad. Wow. Conviction. You don't left. need this disease. You don't need this disease. Don't you know? You don't need this disease. You don't need this disease. You don't. You don't need this disease. Wow. I love it. Oh, wait, wait to sell the song there. Um, so, Bullets is obviously one of the singles. It got to number 27. Oh, really? Uh, okay, well, wait, that's all right. It's your album. We'll play it. Play Bullets. You don't need this disease. Not right now. No, you don't need this disease. Not right now. No, no, not right now. Someone says, nah. oh, look, it's the same guitar sound again. You definitely start to get the Joy Division references here. And I'm not. I mad. love, I've got to call you out though. I love the fact that you have the nerve to say the same guitar sound when you love athlete. Like, swear to God. <laughs> like, I find it really humorous because it is the most samey, samey bland album of all time. And you're like sitting here criticizing editors who got nominated for a Mercury Rights Prize. Oh, award. please, please. And Athlete got nominated for the Toilet Paper Award. So, <laughs> you know, I just find, I, I honestly, this is amazing. It's good. It, you know what I like? You, you're being very professional, not defensive, taking it all on your stride. I like no, that. No, I like, I don't care if you don't like it. It's the fact that you're like, it's just the same. However, my album is Athlete. <laughs> when that's all they have the same bloody noise that's what bothers me is you're, you're criticising the editors for being the same sound when athlete is the same sound for six years okay alright if you what, were like that I don't like them because his voice is shit or the songs are shit what do you th- alright what do you think of someone says well I, I've got don't play written beside it good then we both agree but what I'm saying is you talk about the same sound of editors often. And I think that's kind of rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Open your arms. You ready? Don't play. Nah. Kev's choice. Oh, no, I love it. I just thought you were going to be don't play. That was no, me no. giving it. Oh, actually, you like this? I, I actually really enjoy oh, this song. Oh, I am so pleased. 
You know why? Because it doesn't have that annoying guitar noise in it. So oh, this is the second best song on the album for me. It feels like a rah. It's actually it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It is. I thought you were going to say don't play that. So I was like, well, don't play it. No, no, no. I actually really enjoy this song. There are three songs on this album I really enjoy. And, and this is this is one of them. Um, Genius, the song about welcome, welcoming new people into your life, no matter how many times you've been hurt or screwed over in the past by other humans. Oh, oh, lovely. You're, you're, um, did you have this down as a maybe pick? No, no. I had um, Fall. Mm-hmm. Blood all sparks for distance. Okay, so this wasn't even in your radar. I think this is a lovely song. So I will play Open Your Arms as my pick. Great song.
ends with distance. What's your thoughts on the end? I love distance. Thank you. I love distance. I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, if you don't like editors, I can imagine why you don't. But... No, it's a soft way to end the album. I don't mind it. it it's actually quite... Oh, yeah, it is. It's not your final hurrah. I get that. Open your arms actually felt like a hurrah. But yeah, I'll kick it on. But it's not... Um... Yeah, I get you. I actually think if you put distance number 10, open your arms at the end, you've got a good up. Honestly, for me, if you if you take out someone says in camera, I know you don't like it, but for me, you've got a flawless album. And I and this is why I want this is why I love honestly this. I'm so glad you don't like this album. And the reason I'm glad is that I've actually think I've proven my point that that music is emotional. Agreed. I think this is the, I think this is genuinely it. This is the moment where you and I have gone through all of these albums. This for me, I could listen to this album all day, all night, and I was so excited for you to listen to some. And part of me was hoping you'd love it. I was hoping you would, because I thought it'd be lovely. But if you don't, that's fine. But it shows that it's not about because this has everything in it that I think that you would like: good vocals, good lyrics, kind of big songs, slow songs, kind of what you would normally like. And the fact that I, I'm getting, well, I don't know yet, I'm getting the impression this is not going to be a huge winner for you does surprise me, but it does show me that I think that when, you ha- when you're emotionally invested in a song or you're emotionally invested in an album, you don't hear what other people hear. Yeah. I, this is... This is... This is my athlete. This is your editor. It totally is. Totally and is. And that's it's actually kind of nice. It is kind of nice. Yeah, that is. That is. There's... So let me tell you, a Northern Soul 76. It's about putting distance between yourself and, and your ex because you continuously hurt each other whether you mean to or not. Without meaning to put an entire meaning on the relationship with my ex, it's a eulogy for a relationship that's ended with some harsh words and bad situations, despite the fact that there are still tender feelings involved. Whenever I was with this object of my affections, I sometimes spitefully hurt her because of the pain she caused me when she ended it. And in the end, I realized I couldn't be with, couldn't be her friend like she wanted because deep down I hated her for hurting me so badly. I love this song because it's tender, dark, and full of sorrow like the situation it portrays. Oh God! Wow. So we'll play "Distance" to take us out. Are you comfortable with that as the end to the album? Okay. Reviews. I got three reviews. Actually, I got four. Four. I can give you a five out of five. Sonic Dude twenty three. One out of five. (laughs) This has to be one of the most bog-standard, middle-of-the-road indie rock albums I've ever held in my life. Um, I'm he- tempted to use the term Joy Division clone, but even that sounds too generous. Interpol clone is more appropriate. I mean it, they literally yeah, they sound... Get that a lot. I know, heaps. They literally sound like a shittier version of Interpol down to the Indian Curtis aping vocalist and bland new wave sounding rhythm section. Actually, I take it back. Sometimes he doesn't even sound like Ian Curtis. At some point, he's, I swear, he starts nose-rudling like Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder or Scott Stapp. It's just baffling. No wonder Enemy Road editors... Oh, no, I can't read that. No wonder editors wrote 
No wonder Enemy wrote Editor's Dick all the way back through the mid-90s. Well, actually, that's really negative. Let me start with a really, let me give you the nicest one. Velvet Elvis 81, five out of five. Editors were mostly overlooked in favour of the Strokes, Interpol and Franz Ferdinand and the Killers during the post-punk new wave revival of 2001 to 2006, which is unfortunate because The Backroom is an incredible album, probably one of the top five to come out of that movement. I know some people would consider this sacrilege, but I have no problem in saying that The Backroom is every way equal to Turn On The Bright Light. What did you rate it in a re-listen? In a re-listen. And bearing in mind, I give it 8 out of 10. It means a lot to me. Good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's put me in a really horrible position. It doesn't, because... This is what this is good for. You're supposed to not like it if you don't like it. It's called hashtag convictions. I know. Own it. I didn't like it. I like. Well, that's not true. And that's that's not true. fine. I liked. I liked some songs on it, um, but it's not an album that I would run back to. And some of the songs tend to blur into one another. I had a real struggle because. I gave a pretty harsh rating to the music last week. <laughs> and I'm sort of like, would I choose the music or would I choose editors as an album of choice? And the thing is, I can't really give you an answer because on the music's album, there are some songs I like and there are some songs I didn't. And it is the same for editors. So because of that, they get the same rating of 5 out of 10. Oh, no. You know that Drowning Sound review that you didn't read out gave it 9 out of 10. Did they? Yeah. Good. Good. Let's get it straight on the way on the way out right now, shall we? Yet editors could be undoubtedly from a Joy Division tribute act. But they put in the end. However, any doubts and cynicism of the band will be allayed by the end. The sing lullaby of closer distance. It soothes and comforts the listen, listener with lines like, I'm sure you're passing the test. I wish you all the best, evoking atmosphere or an intensive course of progress, of Prozac shit. There goes the Curtis and Cole referencing again, but this is a record many people will be able to live inside for a very long time. And in all honesty, which bands don't have influences? Oscar Wilde was right. Talent borrows, genius steals. You know what? Great singer. Tom's a great singer. The vocals are great. The lyrics are great. Some of the songs, probably three, Open Your Arms, Munich and Fall, are fantastic. But there is a formula around some of their songs. There's a formula, 100%. It blurs. It blurs. Much like Athlete, these guys do. A better formula, though. Okay. In your opinion. Humble Uh... opinion. So they were supposed to be um, touring, which obviously is on the Kibosh, so that's not going to happen. But they're at Editor's Official and Editor's Official. Okay, question. If they came to Australia, Mm -hmm. would you go and see them with me? Absolutely. Oh, good. Oh, good. Absolutely. I think think they would be a great live act. Um, Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
You ready for next week? You have no idea who next week is. I really don't. No. We're going to go big or go home on this one. And oh. We're going to go oh. big. So it's an album that is universally not well liked. Um, but for me, I was back in the UK for this one year that that came out. And I think I was the only person in the UK that actually liked this album. And I'm going back to try, I haven't listened to this in a long time, but I can't wait to listen to it again. And, uh, you know, we've mentioned it already in this episode. Next week, my choice, Oasis, Sotsog. Oh! I don't know how I feel about that. It's got one of my top three Oasis songs of all time on Oh that my album. god, it's Oasis. First of all, I'm excited. Yeah. Second of all, I'm like, oh, I did not see that coming. Let's go big. Let's go big, eh? I didn't see that coming at all. Mm. I know you like gas panic. You can't help yourself, can you? Gas panic. I can't I can't Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And you know I'm what? Pumped. I am pumped for this. The fact that I get to talk about Oasis in this I had no idea I'd get to talk about Oasis in the series. There you go. And wow. the great thing is, there is so I've done the research, there is so much happening with Oasis at this time. I mean, there was always heaps of stuff going on with Oasis, but for this album, it is just <gasps> mental going on. They change everything. They change everything. So wow. um, next week, Standing on the Shore of Giants by Oasis. Big album. Big album. I can't wait to get your thoughts, especially because off the back of Be Here Now, and we know your feelings around that, <laughs> where, did, where did this come in? And how does it feel on a re listen after all this time? This is what I don't know because it's been a while. Mm. All right, let's get on out of here. And um, next episode, we'll cover Oasis. But Les, thank you for introducing me to editors. I, I know that it didn't go as planned, but they have some wonderful songs. And uh, it was really nice hearing you talk about the emotional connection you have to that band. Aww. So it was nice. So thank you. Uh, You're welcome. And uh, we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.